on the Rec Yard every Wednesday night. Hey, hey, everyone. I am Marcy Marie. And I'm Tunchi. We are on the Rec Yard Women's Prison Podcast, and we're so happy to see y'all. We're already seeing folks, folks in the chat. Welcome, welcome. We see you. Roxanne was the first to arrive. She was an early bird tonight, Toonch. I love it. Yeah, love it. we are talking about quite possibly the most publicized case of Munchausen by proxy syndrome. We are talking about Gypsy Rose Blanchard tonight. It's a big one. It's a big, it's been all over the news. Uh, and who better to talk about um, a woman getting out of prison uh, than us? <laughs> right. Two, two chicks that <laughs> happen to have gotten out of prison. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, before we do that. Hey, Tucci, let's do a weekly recap. I don't even know what there is to recap, girl. <laughs> we, it's, we we survived the holidays. We did. We did. Tell everybody what you did for the holidays. Well, we, my son and his boyfriend, um, who they've been together for quite a while. They got together years before I got released from prison. So uh, they got they came up, and normally for the holidays. They, they each go to their own family, but we got to enjoy them both this year. So that was really wonderful. Uh, grandsons, lots of presents and family and beautiful time with the family, but also a little bit of stress and anxiety that come with that. So I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it like we had this Hallmark uh picturesque uh, holiday because my anxiety was pretty high and New Year's Day. I mean, my birthday was in there. Guys, yeah. I'm 45. How the heck 45? did that happen? Wait what? a minute. Hold on. You're 45? You're yes, older I, than I am. Yeah, that's right. You're older Isn't than that me. peculiar that I'm older than you and I look so much better? <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? It's I should have Beauty is the eye of the beholder. So let's not go down that road, Marcy. Okay, no, you, let's, are, you are far let's better not looking. because I don't need all these chicks out here coming they for would. me. And then it'll be you already like, oh boy, here's another one that says Tucci is adorable. Yeah, I can't handle that. I can't mentally handle that. So I'm gonna can I recant that statement? It's too late. <laughs> it's too late. It's out there. It's out, out there. there into the abyss. Yeah. So between <laughs> like the big family Christmas gathering and then Christmas Eve with my wife's family and then Christmas Day with my family, which is our smaller family, but I have five children, guys. So it's still quite an event. And then uh, my birthday dinner. And then by New Year's Day, my parents came over and we cooked the traditional New Year's meal, which I was kind of pessimistic about because I'm I'm kind of leaning towards, hey, somebody just said this is the new year. The new year's actually in the spring. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Like this is the new calendar year, but actually the the Mother Nature says the new year is in the spring. And that's what when we should be like 
Anyway, so I kind of had that attitude about it. And then my anxiety was high. Y'all, I went to, I wanted to fry some pickles because I was craving them. And so I had my little pickles out and had everything ready. And the first couple that I put in the grease, they didn't turn out right. And I just gathered everything up and went to the trash can with it. My grandmother said, well, couldn't, where did the pickles go? And I said, grandmother, I, I threw them away. Well, why did you do that? I said, because I, I didn't want to deal with them anymore. Well, couldn't we have saved them? Yes, grandmother, we could have. But in my moment of me throwing a fit on New Year's Day, <laughs> that was not an option. So anyways, with all of that, I am happy, uh, I am happy that I had very good memories during that craziness of events, birthday, Christmas, New Year's, all of that, and happy that it's over at the same time. Yeah, it's it's a lot of social, you know, socializing, and um, I wasn't feeling well at the beginning. I do want to just say, I see you throwing the pickles away in a in a very borderline personality disordered moment of, oh, just throw it all in the trash. (laughs) It didn't go well. It didn't go right. Just throw it all away. We're done. Um, So I found some humor in that. I hope you eventually did too. Poor pickles. Grandmother was like, what happened to the pickles? (laughs) Like the fish, they're gone. It's over. (laughs) It's done. And I did acknowledge that it was a BPD moment afterwards, that all or nothing. (laughs) Oh, yeah that emotion that can take us over so easily. Uh, So I will say that for sure. Yeah. um, You know, let's see. What did I do? I wasn't feeling well. So for Christmas, you know, me and the cat were just here. You can see my Bucky that I bought at Bucky's when I was with Lori coming back from your wedding. Um, And I need to, I saw Alexa, uh, you know, after Christmas and she lives in um, Texarkana, which I just busted her out where she lives. And she's like, thank you. Cause you know, she's so private. She got Alexa me this. Is, let me tell the people who is Alexa. Alexa, oh, you okay. did time with Alexa quite a bit of time. Mm-hmm. And yes. she's also years. a member of Lioness. You did 20 years. Yes. You did the whole time with Alexa. No, I, no. I she did her whole 20 years. Well, she did 19 and a half. At Mountain View. So she did not mean, but you guys were friends and she got you a good gift. Let me see that. Hold on. Hold on. I love it She's so much. She's so precious. Alexa is also on the steering committee for Lioness Justice Impacted Women's Alliance. It's a burn it book from the oh, burn book from burn Mean book. Girls. I, I love, love me some it. Mean Girls. It's a whole I thing. We all love, love Mean that. Girls. And of course, we've all been accused of being mean girls. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll claim that narrative um, just because it's fun. Uh, but it is one of my favorite movies. It's hilarious. Uh, and we can all quote it to each other all the time. She's like, look, I got you this. And um, I got her a, a purse with a skull on it with a, uh, what do they call them? Sugar skulls. Um, so that was fun to see her and. Uh, then I went to see my parents and I saw another friend. We went um, hiking. And so it, it was nice. It was quiet, but it was nice. And uh, I will be seeing Diane. She's home um, sort of for the holidays, but she comes to see her family once a year. So I'll be going to see her. We'll probably all be having coffee at our little favorite coffee shop, hopefully in Dallas. So 
I've got her yeah. little present to give her and your birthday that, present. I'm sorry. is not coming until Saturday. I can't believe Amazon just, that's okay. Screwed this off. That's okay. Uh, I really, that's okay. and I remembered. <laughs> you did remember. I was really I proud did. of you. I had messages from you early that morning on my birthday, and I appreciate that so much. And I appreciate everybody um, on our online community, uh, members of our show community, and then on my other social platforms for sending me all the birthday love. You guys all made me feel very special and. I don't know. I I think before um, my incarceration, birthdays weren't that big of a deal to me. And then in prison, mm -hmm. we have so little. That's one way that we were able to celebrate one another was birthdays. And um, I'm glad that I didn't come back home with this kind of ho-hum thing about my birthday. Like I'm happy. I'm. It's okay to celebrate ourselves and mm -hmm. uh, the fact that we're here and surviving and um, the people that hopefully we're growing to be more of the people that we want to be. Right. And I just, yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm happy for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy for that. So holidays wait, are over. Wait, yeah. before I need to let everyone know what I got myself for Christmas. It's what on my you, head. Oh, I see it. Kansas city hat. And that's, pretty brave for a girl living in Austin to be sporting this Kansas city hat. Uh, and you know, the lion King, my wife is not going to be very happy with you, Toonch. I know, but it's, I know bros before hoes. I get it. And I do embrace that, but I, I just, I can't Taylor is, I just, I'm sorry. I mean, it is what it is. So we'll it will ride it out till it, as long as it lasts, and then it goes in the trash if something bad happens. If they break up, if Taylor it's and the fun. man, the football player, break up, you can just throw that hat out. It'll be gone <laughs> the, the the same way I discard uh, ex lovers myself. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice, nice. I'm, I'm sorry to everyone that felt personally attacked by that <laughs> comment that may be watching. Speaking of everyone that's watching, Department of Corrections, uh, Department of Corruption Stories is here, uh, Stephen Parker, and we sure appreciate you and all you do for prison and criminal justice reform. And he's reminding me to remind you all to hit that thumbs up button, make sure you're liking the video, make sure you're sharing the live commenting, all of those good things. And if you're listening to the podcast, wherever you hear your favorite podcasters, please do leave a review for us. We would appreciate that so much. And that just helps our show reach an even broader audience. And we yeah. see you guys in this comment. We see Ashley, Amanda, Crystal, Rayanne, Jay from Inside Out Network. Uh, you guys are... <laughs> Mama Sean, my mom is here. We're seeing everybody. And I'm just so happy. Judy, uh, man, I can't even keep up. Heather, you guys are on top of it. Uh, man, I can't even keep up with everybody that's here. Charles. There's Roxanne. You saw Roxanne's comment yeah. there. <laughs> Gretchen. <laughs> Charles Pryor says you need to keep the hat uh, because you could maybe get it signed someday. Do you think Taylor would sign it? I, and that's who you would care about, right? Right. 
<laughs> do you know the boyfriend's know. name? Do you his remember? Travis Kelsey. And his okay, I, did, I didn't remember. Kelsey, so. <laughs> and, and my mom was like, honey, do we need to find one of the jerseys with his name on it? She was down. She knew what was happening. We were scouring them all. I love that so much. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to say that my, my Auntie Angela is here too. So I'm just really happy to see everybody. Thank y'all for joining us. So um, they're ready. They're ready to get to yes, it. Yes, they are. And and so let's just jump right into it. <laughs> they said, okay, enough about y'all's holidays. Let's talk about this gypsy. They one. are. They're, they're tired of talking about me and you. They want to get down <laughs> to the uh, dirt, right? They want to get down to Gypsy Rose Blanchard, who happened to have gotten out of prison on my birthday. So That's that amazing. was really interesting. Uh, she and uh, DDOM678 said she, uh, or they just looked Gypsy Rose up and Gypsy convinced her boyfriend to kill her mother. She served 10 or she's served 10 years and he is serving life, which actually she got sentenced to 10 years and she made parole. So she got out a little early and they're asking why were they not issued the same charges? And we're going to, we're going to get on into all of that and even more. So, yeah. uh, well, do you you want to tell people that are watching that happened? Maybe they don't know Gypsy's case. Just kind of give a brief summary of the case and where we're at. Well, so Gypsy Rose Blanchard, which it she, like I said, this is really one of the largest publicized uh, cases of Munchausen by proxy syndrome. Her mother had that, and very. Obviously, it was a mental deal with her mom, um, and it caused Gypsy, gosh, Toonch, just she grew up with her mom, making her to believe she was a cancer patient, that she suffered from other uh, terminal illnesses. She had even shaved Gypsy's head, had her riding around in a wheelchair, a perfectly healthy child. Mm -hmm. but convincing her that she's not healthy yeah. and, as and, and making her sick too. She yes. did do a lot of stuff to make her sick from get made her uh, use a feeding tube. She had, um, I don't remember what she had removed. If it was her salivary glands or something like she had all these unnecessary surgeries and medications and, uh, just, just horrific, just years of medical abuse for attention and sympathy. So, and that's what Munchausen syndrome is when you yourself act ill or you make yourself ill um, for attention or that desire to maybe feel loved or feel something missing inside of you, whatever mentally is wrong with you. But Munchausen by proxy is when you put that on someone else. So perhaps a spouse or a child, we see it a lot with children. Can I ask you, Toonch, were you ever incarcerated with anyone that was there for Munchausen? Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially at Mountain View. You know, um, back in the day, I think Mountain View was prior, primarily just the people with the big crimes and the big times. Uh, you know, now it's got other populations there. Uh, but oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, often. And uh, I remember there was a pretty high profile case in the area in Central Texas um, of a woman that, uh, you know, 
her baby was sick all the time. It like, like life threatening. Um, and when she brought the infant to the hospital, several months old, not a complete newborn, but, um, the doctors ran tests. It was an infection, uh, in the heart area, in the bloodstream and something very specific. Well, the bacteria was fecal bacteria. And they're like, there's absolutely no way that bacteria would have gotten here without being, there's just no way. So they set a, it, it, they set a camera up in the hospital room. And as the baby was, you know, well, as they were treating, sure enough, she came in with um, a tissue with fecal matter and was pulling out tubes to wipe it um, to continue to make the child. It, it, it Shocking, uh, just horrific, right? Um, and uh, I know when she got to the unit, I remembered her face and name from the Waco newspaper. And uh, sweet woman, sweet woman. Uh, uh, well, Gerald, not Geraldine, uh, what was her, Jan the nurse, the nurse that was killing the babies that- Janine Jones. Janine Jones. Uh, remember I told you that she, <laughs> and Alexa can tell you, she almost blew up the boiler room uh, so that she could be the hero. Uh, and, and I saved the unit, the boiler room almost exploded. Uh, girl, no, uh, which was very much uh, something very similar so that she could be the hero when, when she saved the sick children or the dying children or, or what have you. It's kind of a, a different form of, of that illness, but yeah. Uh, yeah. There were a lot of women there for stuff like that. And it's an illness. It is a straight up mental illness. Absolutely. It is. And it's Janine Jones. That was years after she had done time with that, but of course she wasn't getting treated in any way. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, the question I think, and I, it on and it sounded so tacky, but it is the question that people are asking, like, is, is Gypsy Rose this keen, cunning kind of villain who uh, seduced her online boyfriend into committing this crime? Uh, and, uh, or, you know, or is she someone that grew up abused and couldn't figure out how to get out of the situation she was in. Yeah. Well, um, and let me, I see Priscilla's comment there. I know Priscilla for many years since we were kids. Yes, girl. I remember Janine Jones in our in theater class. <laughs> she was a lot. She was a lot. She was a, very much a drama queen. Um, well, you know, Marcy, so as, as she's sick, right? Like you explained this from the time she was an, an infant. Um, she had, if, if y'all haven't seen it on, uh, Hulu, it's called the act really, really well done. Uh, and there's several documentaries. Uh, the documentary on HBO is probably the best, uh, mommy dearest dead or something. Um, and it really chronicles just how intensive, uh, that abuse was and for how long and how she, you know, she's, her mother manipulated medical staff like every at every turn when there was a way that maybe people would find out her mother would manipulate. Um, and she just felt trapped and she was a teenager. And I think as she was beginning to understand her circumstances and become a young woman who is ready 
to do all the things a teenage girl does. And her mother is continuing to suppress that and to try to keep her a child, right? And to try to keep her um, dependent on her. She meets this boy online um, who is very much autistic and mentally ill himself. Um, and, I, you know, to me, it wasn't that she was convincing and manipulating. I think she's it was expressing um, where she was at and how she felt and how she wanted to be free. And he they they decided this was the way to do it and did it. And she was happy to be free and she's in love and she's free for the first time in her whole life. Uh, and so that can look very, very harsh to people on the outside. Um, but I remember what it was like as a child, as a young teenager in a very desperate situation. Um, you're, child brain is desperate and it's not fully, and I've said this here before, consequences are not the same. It, like I look back and it's like, why did I think this was the solution? I don't know. I, I can't describe. I don't know why I thought that was the solution, but when it happened, I didn't think it was going to be forever. Like intellectually I did, but emotionally, no. So I guess I understand that more. Um, but I certainly believe that there was a disparity disparity uh, between their sentencing. I that that boy shouldn't have got a life sentence like that. He should. Yeah, I don't he, think she should have got ten years. Not the level of documented abuse that that girl suffered. It's shocking to me well, that she got that. Right. Well, besides the the young age, besides that, just the mental anguish. I mean, if you just think about the women we were incarcerated with that were victims of spousal abuse that finally snapped and this kind of thing, um, that's a very real situation. But the mental anguish that that baby or that young lady grew up with, that was extreme. Yeah, for yeah, sure. It will I have. And, and, go ahead. You got I have video? a you I have a video. Okay. I have a video. And Roxanne said she shouldn't have got ten minutes. Uh, mm -hmm. Lots of lots of people believe that. And the short little uh, search on TikTok and social media, which I want to talk about social media because mm -hmm. she has come out strong on social media since she's mm -hmm. been home. Uh, but the, it's a really mixed emotion. A lot of people just think that, um, obviously the sentencing differences, they have a hard time with that, but also they just, and especially because I went to, I went to prison for a money crime and my sentence mm -hmm. was 20 years. So I'm getting a lot of that. Like, why did she only get 10 and you got 20? And, uh, but the circumstances are all different, right? Um, but let's watch this video. Gypsy Rose Blanchard has been released from prison three years early after serving time for persuading her online boyfriend to murder her mother who had abused her and forced her to fake serious illness. This story is pretty crazy. Here's a look at what happened. Gypsy Rose's case became famous after reports surfaced that her mother, Dee Dee Blanchard, had kept Gypsy prisoner, forcing her to use a wheelchair and a feeding tube and making her pretend for years that she was suffering from illnesses like leukemia and muscular dystrophy. She even had Gypsy convinced that she was sick. Turns out 
out, Gypsy was perfectly healthy all along. Her mother had Munchausen syndrome by proxy, a psychological disorder and form of child abuse in which parents seek sympathy through the exaggerated or made up illnesses of their children. Through this scheme, they were able to receive charitable donations, a trip to Disney World, and even a home. According to Gypsy's attorney, Dee Dee was able to dupe doctors by telling them Gypsy's medical records were lost in Hurricane Katrina. And if they asked too many questions, she'd just find another doctor. She'd also shave Gypsy's head to back up her story. Gypsy testified that she slowly began to realize that she wasn't as sick as her mom said when the abuse became physical. She said her mother beat her and chained her to a bed. Eventually, Gypsy Rose convinced her online boyfriend, Nicholas Gottajohn, to kill her mother while she hid in the bathroom. At his trial in 2018, Gypsy said, I wanted to be free of her hold on me. I talked him into it. In 2016, she took a plea deal where she pleaded guilty to second degree murder and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Just before her release, Gypsy told People Magazine that she's ready for freedom. Well, that pretty much, that sums it up. Uh, yeah. I think that that was a pretty good summary. And I, I, my mom said she agrees. Mama Sean's on here. And I don't know if y'all remember, she used to log in under my dad's account, but I see that she's <laughs> made her own uh, YouTube or, or at least is watching from her own YouTube. Maybe she had it before, but uh, she, she agrees too. And I think that it's so tricky. This case is so tricky. I don't, I'm not justifying, like, I, I I feel bad for her mother in a way. And I, I know that sounds crazy because of all that she did to this young lady and to this child. And, uh, but it, something was wrong with her too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was right. not, she was not just this person, perfectly reasonable person right. trying to, I mean, that's not who she was. She was a mentally ill individual that was seeking attention. I don't, and, and I don't know, I don't have enough experience with that. I just, let's go to one lady. Let me tell you guys about one lady that I was incarcerated with and she was partially deaf. Um, and she caught a lot of heck from people because number one, she wasn't fully deaf. So it's like mm -hmm. she could hear you sometimes, but if she didn't hear you, people acted like she was faking it because of her mm -hmm. crime. Her crime was a Munchausen by proxy. She did not, her child did not lose their life, but she was intentionally making them ill. And I just watched her struggle in prison. It was, she did not have an easy time in prison. Mm -hmm. She was not accepted well into, I was on, on a unit where the deaf ladies were and they kind of had their own community. She was not accepted really into their community. Uh, she was, she didn't have any family support on the outside. Um, you know, her parents had her child and she couldn't have any contact with them because that was the victim mm -hmm. of her crime. It was just a, a whole thing. And I remember thinking even then, not knowing much about that syndrome, and I still don't know a lot about it, but just watching her suffer the way that she did openly, like you could tell she was not okay. She wasn't mm -hmm. okay. She, she wasn't, it's internally, she just wasn't okay. And I just yeah. think, gosh, you know, um, 
and obviously much sympathy also for her child that she made sick. I, so it's just really tricky. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, that goes to when we, when we talk about, um, nobody is either good, all good or all bad, right? That is a symptom of our disorder actually is to classify, but society as a whole, right? The, the reason why we develop that as a coping skill uh, in our disorder is because it is so much easier, right? To classify things or as black, white, good or bad, right? There you go. There's nothing in between. Everything's very simple. The world exists very simply. And, and that's just, that's just not the way it is. And, you know, I always say when I watch true crime or horror movies, um, the reason why I'm drawn to those things is because it's, it's where I see myself and it's where I see the people who have harmed me is, is I, I see them. And what I see is complex beings and characters, uh, and people, right? Like, you know, talking about this woman's prior life, you know, in the series, in the docu-series, it kind of shows some of the stuff that she went through um, with her own mother, right? Like it's, she's, there's a reason that this woman is like this, right? Now, does that negate the things? Um, did it negate the stuff that we did as, acting out of our, our mental illness? No, but it, it, it gives a you're able to see some, you know, I posted something recently and I don't know if you saw it. It's from Bell Hooks and it's a, a, a quote. And I, you know, I did so just really thinking about the criminal justice system. It's, you know, how do we hold people accountable for wrongdoing while also holding on to their humanity and their capability to transform, right? So even if that person is not ready to say they're guilty or even if they're not willing to be accountable, right? That's their stuff. But how do we, how do we handle that wrongdoing while still seeing them through the lens of having their humanity and their capability um, to do something different, to change, to grow, to heal? Uh, and, and I think that's, that's it. That's the sweet spot. Like this lady did something like monstrous, right? Like horrific. We've known many women. I've done violent things, right? But she was more than the horrific abuse that she did to Gypsy, the same way Gypsy and, and that boy are more than the horrific thing that they did to her. And violence begets violence. So, you know, people say, oh, Gypsy's a manipulative woman. And she did. Hey, at least she has said, hey, I did talk to him about it. And yeah, I, I did. I did talk him into it eventually, right? Because she's desperate, and, you know, all of her reasons. But to me, manipulation, where did she learn her coping skills? She learned them from her mother. That's all she had. Manipulation is a coping skill when needs are not met. You find a way to get them, them met. So I, I don't demonize her for that, right? Like there is all that gray area, Marcy, where, where human behavior lives. And it's taken me 45 years um, to really understand that area. And when you do that, you begin to have more empathy for everyone as a whole. I, I couldn't agree more with, with that, that things aren't just black and white, right? I mean, wouldn't it be simple if, 
if it were like if we could just say well these are good they're good people and there are bad people right. no there are people who do good and bad things but they are all still people there's so much gray area and i think that's something that both of us learned being incarcerated on a maximum security unit not only from uh, our experiences with our own actions, but our experiences getting to know some of the ladies we were incarcerated with that I, I just, I, I remember even one specific, a lady came, come to my um, visitation table. She was passing her passing my visitation table on the way to her family visit. And she just said, Oh, the girls are here. Cause my little girls were at visit. And as she went and sat down, you know, my family said, Hey, what, what, what is she here for? Like, she just doesn't seem like she should be in prison. And she had was someone that had come off of death row. You know, she was in prison for a very heinous crime, but there were so many factors around that crime. It was not just, this horrible bad person you would have you couldn't even see that in her or being around her years later watching her grow in her faith and all of these things she was just a complete different person than when that crime was committed uh and I, there was a comment here i want to get to for sure this um this is such a huge a huge thing for sure. Para Woman Radio, Para Women Radio says this Gypsy Rose thing has become a pop culture sensation. And it certainly has. That's why we're talking about it tonight. I worry for Gypsy. She's never lived a normal life. Uh, and she has vultures circling her wanting to get the story. She had vultures circling her while she was still incarcerated. Yeah. And I just, I was thinking about her being victimized growing up by her mother and then being victimized in the state. I, I don't know. I'm not going to presume to know what the Missouri prison system's like, but if it's anything like Texas, for sure she was victimized in there. And then is she now being victimized by paparazzi and people just wanting to get to the story? I have... Uh, Gypsy does not seem to be minding. <laughs> <laughs> she, she is kind of, she's getting into it. And so I have, she's set up on Instagram, TikTok. I don't know if someone is guiding her through that process or uh, if she just dived in on her own. I don't know the backstory, but I do have one of her TikToks. Let's play it. Hey everyone, this is Gypsy. I'm finally free. Um, I just want to send a quick video to thank everyone for the massive amount of support that I've been getting on social media. Um, everyone has been really, really nice um, and supportive. And I really appreciate that. Um, it's nice to be home. I'm back home in Louisiana, enjoying a beautiful day outside. And um, I've got a lot of great things happening really soon. I've got my documentary series coming out, The Prison Confessions of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Um, I just put out an ebook that I'm super proud of. Um, it's not a rehashing of everything that happened. It's more of my reflection of everything that I've learned um, and experienced in the last eight and a half years. So my ebook is called Release Conversations on the Eve of Freedom, which you can pre-order now. Um, and again, just thank you guys for all the support and uh, keep watching. Okay, bye. 
Honey, so. she, she, let me tell you something, you know, I, I think all the years that um, she's had to perform, which it, it was like, you know, she talks about her mother holding her hand and squeezing her or pinching her when she did the wrong thing. Like she knew how to be in the public and perform. She did it her whole life. Um, I don't think she's shy about being in the public eye whatsoever. Uh, and I, you know, I'm not really all that worried about people taking advantage of her. I think she's savvy and smart and cunning. Uh, <laughs> and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I, I mean that in an admirable way that I think that she's more than capable um, of navigating uh, outside life and public life because no, she's never had a normal life and she never, ever will. And that's just her lot. And I think she knows that. And she's going to embrace, she's embracing her narrative and her story and she gets to own it. Nobody else gets to tell it anymore. She gets to, um, and whether people have a problem with that or they feel like she shouldn't, it doesn't matter. It's hers to tell. Uh, and she can tell it the rest of her life because she deserves it and she earned it. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I think she sounds level and, and healthy. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about that. Kay Carey. Um, she was, uh, her parole officer said, you need to get home. You need to get to Louisiana. And, you know, everybody made this big deal out of, oh, she loves Taylor Swift. She's obsessed with her. And she tried to go to the chiefs game to run into Taylor Swift. Uh, I don't believe that. I think they were having a good time and they thought that they could just go and do stuff and get home when they needed to. And your parole officer, you have a certain amount of time to get to that parole office in Texas. When you live in Texas, you have the next day to get there. Uh, if you live out of state, you know, they're going to give you, if you're transferring, you know, two or three days to get here. Um, but we're not going to dilly-dally and go to football games and concerts. You're going to get home and you're going to report to this office. That had nothing to do with Taylor Swift or football or anything like that. It was just really a technicality um, of the, hey, you need to get home and report. And it didn't have to do with Missouri saying, I, we want you out. Right. No. So the way that works is she had already, she would have already had to get that in the works while she was still in prison to get mm -hmm. that uh, interstate compact is what it's called in Texas. I don't know what they call it there, but it's a transfer if you're a person on parole. And that was all set up much ahead of time. So it, Missouri didn't tell her now her Missouri parole department might have said, girl, you better get to your parole office right. or we're going to put you back because that's yeah. what happens. If I had not reported to my parole office, uh, I would be back in prison. <laughs> you know, that's, that's just the rule. So a lot of people are saying Missouri doesn't want her. Missouri said no, but it, it doesn't have anything to do with that. Her home is in Louisiana. She has family in Louisiana and that's where she was going home to. So yeah. 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 <laughs> She'll be telling it on The View. Um, probably so. She's going to be telling her story everywhere. Um, yeah, for sure she is. I, I just think that I she's getting a lot of hate, her and her husband, on social media. And she's handling that well. It's like she was mentally prepared to know that she was not going to come out and be America's sweetheart for everyone. Right. And I, I love the way she's handling herself. She's carrying herself. Well, um, she's not, I, I don't know. It's, it's tricky because her 
she has already been able to heal. There was an amount of healing that has already happened for her. And for us, we're like, oh, this lady, maybe, you know, this lady killed her mom and she comes home and here she is buying tennis shoes at the mall with her husband. And you know what I mean? It's just not, right. again, it's not like, it's not all of that. Right. Well, and, and that's what people see, right? They're like, oh, you're out enjoying the mall or a football game. And it's like, okay, what do you, and I, you and I've had this discussion many times before. When is enough enough? Okay. You're, you're wanting me to, to beat my chest every single day for the rest of my life. Um, uh, you know, whip myself like back in the old days when they would punish themselves, you know, the people, the monks at the, at the church would beat themselves or, put them in, in ashes and just laminate and wail outside the gates of the city. Like what else do you want people to do? It's been eight years since the incident happened. She's not just, her mother didn't just die and she went to go buy tennis shoes. Right. And a lot of time when people do weird shit like that, Marcy, they're in complete total dissociation and denial. Right. Like it's, very, I don't think people understand just how rare antisocial slash psychopathic behavior is. Most women that we were locked up, I can only count on one hand how many people I really would classify as being sociopathic. But let me also always go back to say that also too is a mental illness. Um, so yeah, people see that and they, they just want, it, it's like, I'll reflect on this beautiful interview that Mandy did for the storybook project and the, the reporter in the interview asked her an absolutely outrageous question, which was essentially, don't you, after having done this offense, forfeit your right as a mother to participate in a lovely program with your child. And she handled it like a boss. She said that decision has passed. We are here to deal with the circumstances and this is me giving back and doing something positive. Um, you know, and it's like um, Robert had said, uh, you know, on one of the comments, he, you know, another great advocate, he was like, how, like this, this is what we're talking about when we talk about a society that would ask and say that a woman forfeits their right to be a mother because she made a mistake. Like who does that? Who says something like that? But that is a reflection on our society that, well, you make a mistake. I don't know where Christian faith and religious faith and mercy and forgiveness go. It's out the door. Um, and and it's, it's shocking. And, I, it, you know, it's, it's hard to deal with when it's um, channeled towards us. Uh, but I think that she handle, handles it very gracefully, probably better than I do. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think she's handling it well, too. She's handling the hateful remarks on her social media pages because it's you're going to get a mix, and you and I both know that. We're going to get lots of support saying, thank you for educating us. Thank you for sharing your story. And then you're we're going to get a lot of, look at this uh, thief. Once a thief, always a thief. Trying to Still trying to manipulate everybody on social media. I mean, it, it's just going to happen. DDOM is asking about... Um, a comment that we made about getting victimized in prison, getting further victimized in prison. And what do we mean by that? Do you want to take that, Tooch? Well, I mean, it comes in many forms, right? The 
the state sanctioned violence that happens in prison and what we mean by state sanctioned um, is that the state knows about it and does nothing or they participate in it, whether it's the death penalty um, or abuse that happens from the guards to the incarcerated people, uh, the violence of being ripped away from your family and your community, uh, racial disparities, like all the things, right, that that victimizes um, the people who are incarcerated and their families. Uh, and I don't know how it serves for healing and justice and restorative justice um, to actual victims of, of crimes. Um, so it, it's a myriad of ways. Would you not agree? Yeah, that's, that's exactly, that's exactly my thoughts on it. And just that for certain, the restorative process is not happening. Uh, and again, our experiences in Texas prisons, but based on our friends and colleagues that have done time all over the country, it's pretty much everywhere. It's uh, our punitive system is just not restorative. And yes, you're going to suffer some kind of mental, physical, and possibly even sexual abuse while you are incarcerated in this country. Right. And the systems are, are, are designed for that. I mean, quite frankly, I mean, when you have a, a punitive system like that, and if, if you have a society that, that believes in that, that way of dealing with justice, when abuse happens, right. When the things that happen to the children in the Texas juvenile justice system happen, Oh, okay. Well, they shouldn't be there. I mean, that's what we hear all the time mm -hmm. when we talk about people dying of the heat or uh, abuse or sexual assault or any of that. It, it, almost the first reaction from society as a whole is, oh, well, you shouldn't be there. Don't go to prison. Don't go to prison. And it's like, that is not the, that should not be the expectation that when you go to prison, these things happen and that the expectation is it happens. You shouldn't be there. It's okay. And, and the truth of the matter, it's not, right? It goes back to that, that saying of how do you hold people accountable for wrongdoing while not losing sight of their humanity and their, cap you know, their capacity to transform? Uh, how do you hold those, those things in your hand at the same time? And our society does not do a good job of that whatsoever. And it's continued on well after a prison sentence. And just like Debbie Green is saying, did people not expect Gypsy Rose Blanchard to buy tennis shoes? I mean, she had just uh, got caught because she's being followed by not only not only professional paparazzi, but by social media people and just people with the camera that are spotting her and they're posting her on social media, very much like a celebrity. And she's coming out of the mall with her husband. And this, I, I hear, you can hear the, whoever's holding the phone a video up saying, uh, Hey, Gypsy, what'd you buy? And, you know, she says, Oh, I, I bought tennis shoes. I have real shoes on. And I, I saw that little clip of that video. And I remember thinking, man, remember putting on your first real pair of shoes when yeah. you got out of prison and how wonderful they felt and looked. And I could just almost tear up because that feeling is massive. It's, it speaks to your whole body when you put on something from the free world after have been in state clothes for so long. And that's where I'm going. And then I go to the comment section and they're just, uh, and again, a lot of support 
Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm so glad. Glad you're home. You know, I bet it feels good to have free world stuff. And and then that, oh, you're you're out shopping. I wish your mom could have some shoes. Well, I, I do too. I, I'm yes. sure she does too. Yes. Right. And I'm, you know, the thing is, hers is even a more unique situation because, and I didn't mean to get so angry about then, but it's like, you know, it goes back to what Mandy said to that stupid journalist. The decision is done. It's done. I'm not going to keep going over the decision. It was wrong. It was bad. It was done. We are dealing with the aftermath of it. And what can I do to be restorative and positive moving forward? Um, You know, but it's like Gypsies is so unique because it's not just that she was in prison for eight years. She has been in prison her whole life, her whole life to be trapped to be trapped by the way her mother trapped her and held her hostage, held her hostage in her own body, right? Like this is her, this is the first time this woman has ever been free in her entire life, other than those few days after her mother's death. And quite frankly, it may have looked like she was just really living up and dissociated from it, but it was somewhere in the, she knew she couldn't maintain it, right? And she wasn't well, she was traumatized. First time she's ever been free in her whole life. So, of course, she she's going to be excited. And she has every right to be after everything she's been through. The person that I hurt the most for in this whole situation is that boy. Because yes. it was clear that he was autistic. It was clear that he was also suffering from major depression uh, and had ongoing problems. And he was, um, they were both vulnerable to each other, right? And they were both teenagers that didn't have attention or, or, or sexual attention ever in their lives. And now they found someone, right. And he got punished so much more severely um, because the, the death was brutal. Um, And I just don't think that the court really took into account his uh, vulnerability and his mental state. And I, I think that the tragedy there is that he ended up with a life sentence when he should not have. And that's really something that our criminal legal system has needs reform is that the courts need to start looking at the whole picture. Uh, and I think that someone, and I don't even know if it was in this chat or right before uh, we came on, but someone said, well, if she's out of prison, uh, the Menendez brothers should have been out of prison. And I think that's sure. just, you know, we're, we talked about them on another show. Um, and it's just that it was that same thing. Once they were free, they they went buck wild, and you know, right. and mm-hmm. you know, and and that's kind of what she did. Just in those few days, the whole situation is sad. There are, just like you said, so many victims in this case. It's not just her. It's not just Gypsy Rose Blanchard. And it's not just her mother. And it's not only this young man who's now serving a life sentence in prison, but it's all of their families have been affected by this. And we know firsthand the ripple effect of an incarcerated person and a violent act how far that can go. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, and I think it just, you know, also with, with um, it affects everybody, it affects everybody. And uh, I, you know, I just, especially 
feel for her as a teenager feeling desperate and for him and, you know, working at an organization also that uh, about disabilities is that, you know, often people with autism or are demonized and they're, they're thought of in the most monstrous ways that people with mental illness are um, and it, not understanding their uh, condition and not understanding the way their mind works uh, and to be demonized for it is just really heartbreaking. And it shows how much more work we have uh, to do to educate people about mental illness, um, autism, disabilities, um, you know, cause that, that's the theme of this, right. Is, 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 is mental health, all of it, all of it. Um, and I, I don't know, uh, what's happening to us as a society, especially here, uh, is, is our mental health is collapsing. And, uh, I, I don't know if people understand how serious it is. Yeah. As an entire, as, as an entire society and communities, it's really, we're failing each other in our own communities and things that could have been even prevented I just think so many people could not end up in prison had the communities stepped up and had resources for those folks. And I just, I don't know, I, just the whole thing, the whole thing is uh, Cheyenne says they don't care about mental health in TDCJ. They, they barely care about it in, in the legal system prior to getting incarcerated. They barely care about that. Uh, in Texas, they don't care. Let's see. Eric says in Texas, they don't care about autistic people. I've seen others extort them and have fought for them. Golly, we have a good question here. Yeah. What would you like to see? Part of the reason for prison and jails are to keep civil society safe, especially from violent people. In this case, Miss Blanchard and former boyfriend crossed a line and killed. And DDOM coming in hot with oh, the good yeah, questions. Oh, yeah, with good tonight. questions. Yeah. Right? So, well, yeah, go for it, Toot. Well, I mean, what would we like to see? We would like to see a society that depends and utilizes uh, other resources um, to balance justice, uh, what we call restorative justice, right? So, uh, I will tell you, and I'm sure Marcy would very much agree, is that incarceration. Um, did nothing to restore me. It did nothing to restore Marcy, right? And after about five years, the effect of prison, other than the, you know, the continued uh, harm that it does to me and, and Marcy and our families, that's it, right? Like you assimilate to the culture, you assimilate to that world, and you're always longing to be to be free, and you you do have this trauma of separation. Um, but the effect that society thinks that it has is gone. Um, so, you know, it, then it becomes a question, well, is it fair that this person is living their life and free, uh, while someone is deceased and gone and they don't have another chance? Well, what would be more restorative, um, to, to lock this person away, uh, without any care, without any concern, again, not respecting, uh, their humanity and their capacity to transform, right? Because our current system does not, um, that does not nurture that. So it is not acknowledging that. It is punishment, and that's that. You're thrown away. 
You, you, you killed this person, so you, you're thrown away now. Um, and there is no hope for restoration. And some people will say that's justice because it feels balanced. But what, what does, what does the harm from that? Violence begets violence, um, in, in the things that happen while a person's incarcerated. So if, if we have, right, we need the preventative things, right? Because we can sit here and talk about all the ways that this family could have been helped, uh, tracing back generations, right? Her mother was mentally ill from the abuse that she suffered, um, you know, all of that. Right. But what does that do when something happens? Right. Well, there's different ways that secure settings. I want you all to hear this secure settings for people that are a harm to themselves and to others does not have to be a carceral system. And so when you look at other uh, settings uh, for justice, you know, especially people like to point to European nations, which just makes Texans extremely angry. Oh, you're coddling criminals. Well, you see that their recidivism is almost nothing, right? Because they are um, placing people in secure settings that honor their dignity and their humanity, no matter what they've done, right? You restore the person so they goes back, they go back into society because almost everybody will, right? But that doesn't feel good to that itch, that burn to, to punish and retribution. Um, and it, it, it just, it overall does not heal and it doesn't restore. Um, so I, I just wanted to, to say that is that when we're talking about secure, safe settings, we're talking about systems that can look very, very different and function very different than carceral settings, which are prisons and jails. It's amazing what can happen when you give someone a space to that they can be nurtured in and a space worthy of restoration and treat them like humans, how that stops, it's not stops, but that lowers the crime rate. In those areas where that's happening, uh, Norway is one, the crime rates are very low. Our punitive system it does not keep our communities safe. It has proven to fail to do that. Our recidivism rate is uh, the highest in the world, the highest of any other democratic country. The United States has the highest recidivism rate. So, I mean, we're, we're failing. It's not working. What we're doing isn't working, you know? So, and, and I just want to counter just one thing is that you said violent people. And I think that, there are angry people <laughs> that can commit violent acts. And there are also just people that aren't even angry that are hurt or victims or mental illnesses that commit violent acts. But I, I met very few violent people, someone that I would say, oh, she's a violent right. person. I right. met lots of people that committed violent acts. And none of them, I, most, I've said it before, the ladies that I did time with that had a murder charge, there were lots of them that I would invite home to my family before I would invite someone that was there for a short sentence and kind of still in that. <laughs> I mean, it, it just, that's just what it was, right? Right. Right. Because people are neither good, all good or all bad. And um, it, it's just it, especially when people are young too, Marcy, you know, like this guy that did this with Gypsy, um, you know, they're 
there is a there is even a stronger case for restoration and to be able um, to to salvage uh, something that's left of their life. Thank God, thank God for the mercy in my life from from um, the sentences that I received. Right, because I could be away for the rest of my life. Um, you know, I would make like my my dad always told me, you got to live where you're at, baby. So you make the best of where you're at. And I always tried to do that, but it's just, it goes back to something I told a DA at a conference. She goes, what, what, if you could say what I could take away from this conference, it was the judicial commission on mental health. What is the one thing as a system infected person you'd want me to take away? And I said that we are not our offense, that we are not that moment we are not that act. My life is not defined by my mistakes, by my ways that I've responded uh, with violence, because that's what was taught to me, right? I'm not a violent person. I'm not a bad person. I'm, I'm not soulless like the psychiatrist told me when I was 15. How dare you? Um, I am capable of transforming. Um, those people in your court are more than that horrific thing that they did. And if you can hold on to that humanity and believe in their cap capability to change and put them somewhere safe, not somewhere that's going to continue to, to re-traumatize and reinforce this violence in them, you will have a different outcome. And she said, okay. And I said, I, I, I do hope that you remember that no matter how horrific it is. And I, I, you know, that can even be hard for us that that have been through it because I know as women, when I see men do violence towards women, I know what my impulse is sometimes. Oh, oh boy. It's, but that has been what was taught to me is to respond with violence, you know, and it's, it's just an ever, oh, Marcy, it's just, it's a, just a journey every single day to, to try to change that and confront that even in myself. Tunchi, I couldn't have said that better. And that was really beautiful. Definitely your past is not define you, like Debbie said. And everyone is capable, I think, of, of restore, res restoration of change. And I think that we do have to look through our criminal legal system. Uh, imagine if we looked through it, through that lens of looking at people and seeing people and seeing humanity instead of uh, kind of it's kind of easier to explain when something awful happens to put this kind of villain mask on someone and, and that gives it an excuse and it makes it easy for our minds to process what happened, but that's just not factual. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Stephen Parker said, Jennifer Toon spitting the facts tonight. Honey, I try. I try. It's this hat, baby. It brings me power. <laughs> it brings me courage. <laughs> Guys, we have had such a great show. I have, I see you all in the chat. Y'all have been incredible. Uh, you know, we, you are, you're the reason we do this podcast is to hang out with y'all. It is absolutely our favorite part of the week. We appreciate all the support that you guys gave us in 2023. Oh, and yeah. we look forward to seeing our community grow even larger in 2024. We appreciate you guys. Don't forget to hit the like button and all that good stuff. Send, uh, 
comment, share, all that good stuff helps us more than you know. Toonch, any final thoughts? Well, um, if you live in Texas, make sure you go to the Linus website to check out me and Marcy's advocacy group. And also on there, it says Sunset Review, our prison system and parole system and medical care for those incarcerated in Texas prison is under what's called Sunset Review. That is uh, a state uh, a state uh, oversight um, that reviews state agencies to make sure they're running efficiently and you can provide public comments. So please look at that to to learn how to do so, okay? Because you can't complain if you're not going to participate. <laughs> so That's right. That's right, <laughs> Texas. We got to tell them what, what Texas prisons need. So I put our Linus website there at the bottom. If you're listening, you can reach us at www.linusjiwa. Org, and that's for Linus Justice Impacted Women's Alliance. But you can also find those links on Tunches and I, both of our social media platforms, any of them, look us up. You can find us there. And we really do appreciate you all so much. We will see you guys next week. Thank you all for hanging out with us on the Rec Yard Women's Prison Podcast with Marcy Marie and Tunchy. Make sure and subscribe to our channel so you'll never miss a rec.